Chapter Eleven, Part Two of the Book of Camping and Woodcraft, a guidebook for those who travel in the wilderness. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April Walters. The Book of Camping and Woodcraft, a guidebook for those who travel in the wilderness, by Horace Kephart. Chapter Eleven: Camp Cookery, Part Two mush porridge cornmeal mush mix two level tablespoonfuls salt with one quart meal bring four quarts of water for yellow meal or half as much for fresh white meal to a hard boil in a two gallon kettle mix the salted meal with enough cold water to make a batter that will run from the spoon this is to prevent it from getting lumpy with a large spoon drop the batter into the boiling water adding gradually so that water will not fall below boiling point. Stir constantly for ten minutes. Then cover pot and hang it high enough above fire to ensure against scorching. Cook thus for one hour, stirring occasionally and thinning with boiling water if it gets too thick. Fried mush. This, as Father Isaac said of another dish, is too good for any but very honest men. The only drawback to this gastronomic joy is that it takes a whole panful for one man. As it is rather slow to fry, let each man perform over the fire for himself. The mush should have been poured into a greased pan the previous evening and set into a cool place overnight to harden. Cut into slices one-third inch thick and fry in very hot grease until nicely browned. Eat with syrup or au naturel. Oatmeal porridge. Rolled oats may be cooked much more quickly than the old-fashioned oatmeal. The latter is not fit for the human stomach until it has been boiled as long as corn mush. To two quarts boiling water, add one teaspoonful of salt, stir in gradually a pint of rolled oats, and boil ten minutes, stirring constantly unless you have a double boiler. The latter may be extemporized by setting a small kettle inside a larger one that contains some water. Our porridge may not be so good as the Lord's, but it's as hot. Boiled rice. Good precedent to the contrary notwithstanding, I contend that there is but one way to boil rice and that is this which i first learned from a chinaman but is described in the words of captain keenily whose yachting wrinkles is a book worth owning to cook rice so that each grain will be plump dry and separate first wash the measure of rice thoroughly in cold salted water then put it in a pot of furiously boiling fresh water no salt being added keep the pot boiling hard for twenty minutes but do not stir. Then, strain off the water, place the rice over a very moderate fire, hang high over campfire, and let it swell and dry for half an hour. Remember that rice swells enormously in cooking. Once, when we camped way down in Arkansas, it came Bob Stanley's turn to cook. Our commissariat was low, and Bob wanted a new dish. We had rice, and a Dutchwoman had given us some snits, dried apples. Bob put dry rice and unsoaked snits into a pot till the vessel was almost full, poured cold water over them, and set the pot on the fire. Then he went fishing. Rice and snits overflowed into White River, and White River went out of its banks that very night. Fact, I assure you. Beverages. Coffee. There are two ways of making good coffee in an ordinary pot. One, put coffee in pot with cold water one tablespoonful freshly ground to one pint or more if canned ground and hung over fire 
watch it and when water first begins to bubble remove pot from fire and let it stand five minutes settle grounds with a tablespoonful of cold water poured down spout do not let the coffee boil boiling extracts the tannin and drives off the volatile aroma which is the most precious gift of superior berries two safer bring water to hard boil remove from fire and quickly put coffee in cover tightly and let steep ten minutes a better way when you have a seamless vessel that will stand dry heat is to put coffee in place over gentle fire to roast until aroma begins to rise pour boiling water over the coffee cover tightly and set aside tea pour boiling water over tea one teaspoonful tea to the pint cover tightly and steep away from fire four minutes by the watch then strain into separate vessel if tea is left steeping more than five or six minutes the result is a liquor that will tan skin into leather meat game and fish the main secret of good meals in camp are to have a proper fire good materials and then to imprison in each dish at the outset its natural juice and characteristic flavor to season camp dishes as a french chef would is a blunder of the first magnitude his art is the outcome of siege and famine when repulsive food had to be so disguised as to cheat the palate the raw materials used in city cuisine are often of inferior quality from keeping in cold storage or with chemical preservatives and so their insipidity must be corrected by spices herbs and sauces to make them eatable in cheap restaurants and boarding houses where the chef's skill is lacking all things taste alike from having been penned up together in a refrigerator and cooked in a fetid atmosphere but in the woods our fish is freshly caught our game has hung out of doors and the water and air used in cooking most important factors are sweet and pure such viands need no masking the only seasoning required is with pepper and salt to be used sparingly and not added except in soups and stews until the dish is nearly or quite done remember this salt draws the juices no matter what may be the process of cooking the juices of meat and fish are their most palatable and nutritious ingredients we extract them purposely when making soups stews and gravies but in so doing we ruin the meat any fish flesh or fowl that is fit to be eaten for good meat's sake should be cooked succulent first by coagulating the outside searing in a bright flame or very hot pan or plunging into smoking hot grease or furiously boiling water and then removing farther from the fire to cook gradually till done the first process which is quickly performed is the surprise it sets the juices and in the case of frying seals the fish or meat in a grease-proof envelope so it will not become sodden but will dry crisp when drained the horrors of the frying pan that has been unskillfully wielded are too well known let us campers to whom the frying pan is an almost indispensable utensil set a good example to our grease afflicted country by using it according to the code of health and epicurean taste game and all other kinds of fresh meat should be hung up till they have bled thoroughly and have cooled through and through they are tenderer and better after they have hung several days all mammals from the coon size down as well as duck and grouse unless young and tender should be parboiled from ten to thirty minutes according to size before frying broiling or roasting 
salt meats of all kinds should be either soaked overnight in cold water or parboiled in two or three waters before cooking frozen meat or fish should be thawed in ice-cold water and then cooked immediately warm water would steal their flavor canned meats are unwholesome at best they should at least be heated through and are preferably served in hash or stews never eat canned stuff of any kind that has been standing open in the can it is likely to sicken you if any is left over remove it to a clean vessel the liquor of canned peas string beans etc is unfit for use and should be thrown away this does not apply to tomatoes there is no excuse for serving hot food on cold plates put the plates in a pan of hot water or fill them with boiling water they will quickly dry themselves when emptied meat game and fish may be fried broiled roasted baked boiled or stewed frying and broiling are the quickest processes roasting baking and boiling take an hour or two a stew of meat and vegetables to be good takes half a day and so does soup prepared from the raw materials tough meat should be boiled or braised in a pot frying do not try to fry over a flaming fire or a deep bed of coals the grease would likely burn and catch a flame rake a thin layer of coals out in front of the fire or for a quick meal make your fire of small dry sticks no thicker than your finger boil water over the flame and then fry over the quickly formed coals if you have a deep pan and plenty of frying fat it is much the best to completely immerse the material in boiling grease as doughnuts are fried let the fat boil until little jets of smoke arise being careful not to burn the grease and until the violently first boil subsides when fat begins to smoke continuously it is decomposing and will impart an acrid taste when a bread crumb dropped in will be crisp when taken out the fat is of the right temperature then quickly drop in small pieces of the material one at a time so as to not check the heat turn them once while cooking remove when done and drop them a moment on coarse paper to absorb surplus grease or hang them over a row of small sticks so they can drain then season the fry will be crisp and dry enough to handle without soiling the fingers this is the way for small fish travelers must generally get along with shallow pans and little grease to fry or properly to saute in this manner without getting the article sodden and unfit for the stomach heat the pan very hot and then grease it only enough to keep the meat from sticking fat meat needs none the material must be dry when put in the pan wipe fish with a towel or it will absorb grease cook quickly and turn frequently not jabbing with a fork for that would let juice escape season when done and serve piping hot chops fat meat squirrels rabbits and the smaller birds are best sautéed or fricasseed and served with gravy bacon or salt pork should be sliced thin put pan half full of water on fire when water is warm drop the bacon in and stir around until water begins to simmer then remove bacon throw out water heat pan thoroughly fry and turn often remove slices while still translucent and season with pepper they will turn crisp on cooling to make gravy that is a good substitute for butter rub into the hot grease that is left in the pan a tablespoonful of flour keep on rubbing until smooth and brown then add two cups boiling water and a dash of pepper if you have milk use it instead of water 
a pint to the heaping tablespoonful of flour, and do not let the flour brown. This makes a delicious white gravy. Birds or squirrels for frying should be cut in convenient pieces, parboiled until tender in a pot with enough water to cover, then removed, saving the liquor. Sprinkle with salt, pepper, and flour, this for the sake of the gravy, fry in melted pork fat, take out when done, then stir into the frying fat one half cupful dry flour till a dark brown. Add parboiling liquor, bring to a boil, put game in dish, and pour gravy over it. Small fish should be fried whole, with the backbone severed to prevent curling up. Large fish should be cut into pieces and ribs cut loose from backbone so as to lie flat in pan. Rub the pieces in cornmeal, thinly and evenly. That browns them. Fry in plenty of very hot grease to a golden brown, sprinkling lightly with pepper and salt just as the color turns. What our average camper calls frying is to drop any old kind of grease into a shallow pan, perhaps even into a cold pan, slap in a thin slice of meat or small pieces of fish or fowl, and then torture both the fry and the fryer over a blazing, smoking fire. Thus, the juices are all fried out of the meat, its natural flavor is lost, and the result is an indigestible mass, tasteless as a burnt chip or sodden with pork grease. This time-honored and strictly American way of frying has produced myriads of dyspeptics, even among men living otherwise wholesome lives in the open air. Fresh meat that is tender enough to escape the boiling pot or braising oven should either be broiled or roasted before a bed of clear, hard coals. Both of these processes preserve the characteristic flavor of the meat and add that piquant, aromatic, bitter taste of the fire, which no pan nor oven can impart. Broil when you are in a hurry, but when you have leisure for a good job, roast your meat basting it frequently with drippings from the pan below so as to keep the surface moist and flexible and to ensure that precise degree of browning which delights a gourmet broiling cut the meat at least an inch thick only tender pieces are fit for broiling venison usually requires some pounding but don't gash it in doing so have a bed of bright coals free from smoke with clear flaming fire to one side Sear outside of the meat by thrusting for a moment in the flame, then turning. Then broil before the fire, rather than over it, so as to catch drippings on a pan underneath. Do not season until done. A steak one inch thick should be broiled at five minutes, one and a half inches, ten minutes, two inches, twenty minutes. Serve on a hot dish, with drippings poured over. To broil enough for a party, when you have no broiler, Clean the frying pan thoroughly and get it almost red hot, so as to seal pores of meat instantly. Cover pan. Turn meat often, without stabbing. A large venison steak will be done in ten minutes. Put on a hot dish, season with pepper and salt, and pour juices over it. Equal to meat broiled on a gridiron and saves the juices. To broil by completely covering the slice of meat with hot ashes and embers is really the best way of all. Bacon or pork, before broiling, should be soaked in cold water an hour or longer. Birds should be split up the back, broiled over the coals, and basted with a piece of pork on a tined stick held over them. Fillets of ducks or other large birds might be sliced off and impaled on sticks with thin slices of pork. Small fish may be skewered on a thin, straight, greenwood stick sharpened at the end with a thin slice of bacon or pork between every two fish. 
the stick being constantly turned over coals like a spit so that juices may not be lost another way is to cut some green hardwood sticks about three feet long forked at one end and sharpen the tines lay a thin slice of pork inside each fish lengthwise drive tines through fish and pork letting them through between ribs near the backbone and on opposite sides of the latter then the fish won't drop off as soon as begins to soften and curl from the heat place a log lengthwise of edge of coals lay broiling sticks on this support slanting upward over the fire and lay a small log over their butts large fish should be planked as described under roasting to grill on a rock take two large flat stones of a kind that do not burst from heat not moist ones wipe them clean of grit place them one above the other with a few pebbles between to keep them apart and build a fire around them when they are well heated sweep away the ashes and place your slices of meat between the stones roasting to roast is to cook by the direct heat of the fire as on a spit or before a high bed of coals baking is performed in an oven pit or closed vessel no kitchen range can compete with an open fire for roasting build a rather large fire of split hardwood softwoods are useless against a high backlog or wall of rocks which will reflect the heat forward sear the outside of the roast not a bird or fish in clear flames until outer layer of albumen is coagulated then skewer thin slices of pork to upper end hang roast before fire and close to it by a stout wet cord turn frequently catch drippings in pan or green bark trough and baste with them this is better than roasting on a spit over the fire because the heat can be better regulated the meat turned and held in position more easily the roast is not smoked and the drippings are utilized a whole side of venison can be roasted by planting two stout forked stakes before the fire a stub of each stake being thrust through a slit cut between the ribs and under the backbone the forward part of the saddle is the best roasting piece trim off flanky parts and ends of ribs and split backbone lengthwise so the whole will hang flat to roast a shoulder peel it from side cut off leg at knee gash thickest part of flesh press bits of pork into them and skewer some slices to upper part when roasting a large joint a turkey or anything else that will depend on more than an hour of steady heat do not depend upon replenishing your roasting fire from time to time unless you have a good supply of sound dry hardwood sticks of stove wood size if green wood or large sticks must be used build a bonfire of them to one side of your cooking fire and shovel coals from it as required it will not do to check the cooking fire a good way to suspend a large bird before the fire is described by dylan wallace in his lure of the labrador wild george built a big fire much bigger than usual at the back he placed the largest green log he could find just in front of the fire and at each side he fixed a forked stake and on these rested a cross pole from the centre of the pole he suspended a piece of stout twine which reached nearly to the ground and tied the lower end into a noose then it was that the goose nicely prepared for the cooking was brought forth through it at the wings george stuck a sharp wooden pin leaving the ends to protrude on each side through the legs he stuck a similar pin in a similar fashion this being done he slipped the noose at the end of the twine over the ends of one of the pins and lo and behold the goose was suspended before the fire it hung low 
just high enough to permit the placing of a dish under it to catch the gravy now and then george gave it a twirl so that none of its sides might have reason to complain at not receiving its share of the heat the lower end roasted first seeing which george took the goose off reversed it and set it twirling again a goose or middling-sized turkey takes about two hours to roast a large turkey three hours a duck about forty-five minutes a pheasant twenty to thirty minutes a woodcock or snipe fifteen to twenty minutes fish roasted in a reflector this process is simpler than baking and superior in resulting flavor since the fish is basted in its own juices and is delicately browned by direct action of the fire the surface of the fish is lightly moistened with lard you would use butter or olive oil if you had them then place the fish in the pan and add two or three morsels of grease around it roast in front of a good fire just as you would bake biscuit be careful not to over roast and dry the fish by evaporating the gravy there is no better way to cook a large fish unless it be planked planked fish more expeditious than baking and better flavored split and smooth a slab of sweet hardwood two or three inches thick two feet long and somewhat wider than the opened fish prop it in front of a bed of coals till it is sizzling hot split the fish down the back of its entire length but do not cut clear through the belly clean and wipe it quite dry when the plank is hot spread fish out like an opened book tack it skin side down to the plank and prop before the fire baste continuously with a bit of pork on a switch held above it reverse ends of plank from time to time if the fish is flaky when pierced with a fork it is done sprinkle with salt and pepper over the fish moisten with drippings and serve on the hot plank no better dish was ever set before an epicure braising meat neither fish flesh nor fowl should be baked in an oven when baking is resorted to let it be by one of the outdoor processes described below tough meat however is improved by braising in a dutch oven or a covered pot or saucepan this process lies between baking and frying it is preeminently the way to cook bear meat venison shoulders and rounds put the meat in the oven or pot with about two inches of hot water in the bottom add some chopped onion if desired for seasoning cover and cook about fifteen minutes to the pound a half hour before the meat is done season it with salt and pepper the gravy is made by pouring the grease from the pot adding a little water and salt and rubbing flour into it with a spoon baking in a hole this is a modification of braising dig a hole in the ground say eighteen inches square and deep place kindling in it and over the hole build a cob house by laying split hardwood sticks across not touching each other then another court so over these and at right angles to them and so on till you have a stack two feet high set fire to it the air will circulate freely and the sticks if of uniform size will all burn down to coals together cut the fowl or whatever it is into pieces season add a chunk of fat pork the size of your fist put in the kettle pour in enough water to cover put lid on kettle rake coals out of hole put kettle in shovel coals around and over it cover all with a few inches of earth and let it alone overnight it beats a bake oven in case of rain cover with bark baking an animal in its hide if the beast is too large to bake entire cut off what you want and sew it up in a piece of the hide have your hole in the ground glowing hot in this case it is best to have the hole lined with flat stones rake out embers put meat in 
cover first with green grass or leaves, then with hot coals and ashes, and build a fire on top. When done, remove the skin. A deer's head is placed in the pit, neck down, and baked in the same way. Time about six hours. Baking in clay. This hermetically seals the meat while cooking, and is better than baking in a kettle. Draw the animal, but leave the skin and hair on. If it be a large bird, as a duck or goose, cut off head and most of neck. Also feet and pinions. Pull out tail feathers and cut tail off to get rid of oil sac, but leave smaller feathers on. If a fish, do not scale. Moisten and work some clay till it is like softened putty. Roll it out in a sheet about an inch or two thick and large enough to completely encase the animal. Cover the latter so that no feather or hair projects. Place in fire and cover with good bed of coals and let it remain with fire burning on top for about an hour, if fish or small bird. Larger animals require more time and had best be placed in bake hole overnight. When done, break open the hard casing of baked clay. The skin peels off with it, leaving the meat perfectly clean and baked to perfection in its own juices. This method has been practiced for ages by the gypsies and other primitive peoples. Baking in the embers. To bake a fish, clean it, if it is large enough to be emptied through a hole in the neck, do not slit the belly, season with salt and pepper, and if liked, stuff with Indian meal. Have ready a good bed of glowing hardwood coals. Cover it with a thin layer of ashes that the fish may not be burnt. Lay the fish on this and cover it with more ashes and coals. Half an hour, more or less, is required, according to size. On removing the fish, pull off the skin and the flesh will be found clean and palatable. A bird, for example a duck, is baked in much the same way. Draw it, but do not remove the feathers. If you like stuffed duck, stuff with bread crumbs or broken biscuit, well seasoned with salt and pepper. Wet the feathers by dipping the bird in water, then bury it in the ashes and coals. A teal will require about half an hour, other birds in proportion. Boiling. The broader the pot and the blacker it is, the quicker it boils. Fresh meats should be started in boiling water. Salt or corned meats and those intended for stews or soups in cold water. The meat, except hams, should be cut into chunks of not over five pounds each and soup bones well cracked. Watch during first half hour and skim off all scum as fast as it rises or it will settle and adhere to meat. Fresh meat should be boiled until bones are free, or until a fork will pierce easily. Ten pounds take about two and a half hours. Ham, bacon, and salt pork require 15 to 20 minutes per pound. Save the broth for soup stock. Meat that is to be eaten cold should be allowed to cool in the liquor in which it was boiled. A tablespoonful or two of vinegar added to the boiling water makes meat more tender and fish firmer. Turn the meat several times while boiling. If the water needs replenishing, do it with boiling, not cold, water. Season a short time before meat is done. If vegetables are to be cooked with the meat, add them at such time that they will finish cooking just when the meat is done. Potatoes 20 to 30 minutes before the end. Carrots and turnips sliced one to one and a half hours. Remember this. Put fresh meat in hard boiling water for only five minutes to set the juices. Then remove to greater height over the fire and boil very slowly. To let it boil hard all the time would make it tough and indigestible. Salt meats go in cold water at the start and are gradually brought to a boil. Thereafter, 
they should be allowed to barely simmer fish however should be placed in boiling salted water this makes their flesh firmer and better flavored they cook quickly this way especially if vinegar is added six to seven minutes to the pound is generally time enough at high altitudes it is impossible to cook satisfactorily by boiling because water boils at a lower and lower temperature the higher we climb the decrease is at the rate of one degree for every 550 feet up to one mile and one degree for every 560 feet above that when the temperature is 70 degrees with the air at 32 degrees fahrenheit water boils at 202.5 degrees at 5000 feet 193.3 degrees at 10000 feet and 184.5 degrees at 15000 feet stewing this process is slow and should be reserved for tough meats use lean meat only first brown it with some hot fat in a frying pan or put a couple ounces of chopped pork in a kettle and get thoroughly hot cut your meat into small pieces drop them in the fat and jiggle the kettle until the surface of the meat is coagulated by the hot fat being careful the while not to burn it add a thickening of a couple ounces of flour and mix it thoroughly with the fat then a pint of water or soup stock heat the contents of the kettle to boiling and season with salt pepper and chopped onion now cover the kettle closely and hang it where it will only simmer for four or five hours stews may be thickened with rice potatoes or oatmeal as well as with flour add condiments to suit the taste a ragout is nothing but a highly seasoned stew the method above is one i have followed but i take the liberty of adding another by captain keenily which i believe may be superior stewing is an admirable way of making palatable coarse and tough pieces of meat but it requires the knack like all other culinary processes have a hot fry pan ready cut the meat up into small squares and put it without any dripping or fat into the pan let it brown well adding a small quantity of granulated sugar and sliced onions to taste cook until the onions are tender and well colored then empty the fry pan into a stew pan and add boiling water to cover the meat and let it simmer gently for two or three hours flavor with salt pepper sweet herbs curry powder or what you will the result will be a savory dish of tender meat called by the french a ragout it is easy to prepare it this way do not boil it furiously as is sometimes done or it will become tough this dish may be thickened with browned flour and vegetables may be added turnips carrots celery etc cut into small pieces and browned with the meat the sugar improves the flavor vastly the only condiments actually necessary are pepper and salt other flavorings are luxuries end of chapter 11 part 2 recording by april walters